welcome and you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail every Friday 9am in your inbox. If you haven't signed up, sign up, but of course you're listening here, so that's fine too. Just do some learning. It's great to see people learning about their financial literacy and about money and about how the economy works and some of these different things. Obviously, as told by yours truly, Luke here, not everyone's going to agree with what I've got to say. There's a little bit of backlash from last week and we'll get up to, into that soon, but today we're going to be talking about investing and whether you need to consider taxes because it's nearly the end of the tax financial year and that means people like myself, accountants, we start to get very excited because we have a shitload of work to do and it can almost be a little bit overwhelming at times because everybody wants everything so quickly but that's just part of our job as I close my door in the background working from home here today Um, but I know that there's a number of you out there that are now investing and I had someone ask via Instagram what's the story with depositing and taking money out of sharesies, do they need to pay tax on that? and those types of things. So I thought I'd run you through some of the things you need to think about, but I just will say from the start that this is general advice and this is by no means specific to your situation. You need to be very careful that whatever you're doing, you really understand the tax obligations or consequences of what you're doing, especially those people that are buying crypto and buying and selling crypto and things like that. Uh, You want to do some learning at this time of the year to figure out what you may need to do to ensure that you keep and meet your obligations regarding tax with the IRD. As an example from the top here, most people who buy shares, let's just say most people, they're buying them to hold longer term and they won't have any tax to pay because in the eyes of the IRD, they're buying a capital asset. Hopefully they're going to sell it one day and in the meantime, they're going to collect some dividends and pay some tax on that. Um, and in the eyes of the ID, you probably don't have an intention to make a profit as such. But if you do have an intention to make a profit and be day trading and buying and selling, and you're in the business of buying and selling shares, or anything for that matter, um, you're going to need to pay tax on those proceeds. And that's a fine line between that sort of intention. So you do, when you start to get serious about this stuff, you do kind of want to document why you're doing these things and having the intention of... um, making a profit and doing this very quickly and short-term focused, you're going to run the risk more that you are actually supposed to be paying profit on any gains compared to someone who is investing over the long term and buying and holding and hoping that one day they can retire off uh, these stocks or they're going to get dividends and they'll be paying the tax on the dividends and just hold on to them and then pass them on to someone, a future generation perhaps. But let's get into some of these things because I don't want to scare you that you think, well, I've been buying some shares throughout the year and Maybe I've got some tax to pay. So in today's episode, happy Friday. Firstly, last week's email certainly got some responses. A lot of positive, but also I really triggered some people out there. Now I do realize that there are other reasons women's KiwiSavers are lower than men's. I was simply highlighting one of the ways we could close this gap. A few people messaged me to say that they had reviewed their KiwiSaver and changed their risk appetite, which was good to see. I had a couple of people say, hey, it's got nothing to do with this and whatnot. I'm like, okay, cool, but the data says that it does, so take a breath, it's all good. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to uh, debate every reason. I'm just showing us one way that we can sort of sort this out. And they actually came back and ended up saying, oh, hey, I realised that I've been a conservative fund for a long time. I've needed to do something about it. So I'm like, well, there you go. That, that's what the email was about. So it almost went full circle. Now, I do realise that this uh, men versus women type thing the fact that we've got verse in the middle, of course it's going to be sensitive, right? So uh, it's it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people, and it's not something that I'm an expert in, so it was great to hear some stories from readers and listeners. It's amazing how many experts there actually are in this field, because uh, plenty of them wanted to get in touch with me. Now on to this week. 
and is nearly the end of the financial year, and that means tax time. How exciting. The accountants out there will be starting to struggle to sleep because they get so excited. It can become a very overwhelming time for accountants, the old tax time, but um, that's not your problem because that's not the profession that you chose to get involved in. Now, for most, pe- for most people on PAYE salaries, they don't need to do too much, and you probably don't actually care about tax time. But a lot of people are now investing these days or have other forms of income that need to be disclosed. Maybe you've got some rental income, for instance, or a bit of side hustle income. Who knows what you've been up to out there, but you may need to think about whether you need to disclose this or not. Now, I was having a look on the IRD site the other day for myself personally, and I noticed that my shares' dividends are included in my my IR income summary. Shares and share registers are passing on the income and the tax information to the IRD for all of us. So it means that they have it without us having to try and figure out how we notify the IRD. For some context there, back in the day, they didn't used to share that information or they didn't have the ability, the IRD didn't have the ability to kind of suck that data from banks or from share registers or from sharesies. So they didn't know what dividends you were receiving. It's sort of like a blanket rule if you received under a couple of hundred bucks of interest and dividends. The IRD didn't really care uh, because they didn't really want to slow down the entire tax process by asking every person that had 30 cents of interest to be able to declare that before finalising your tax return. Now these days they can just pull that data from the banks and they've actually got it before um, the end of the financial year because they're getting it monthly and and they've got some of the data that people used to have to manually give to them. So it's a really good step forward in terms of our tax infrastructure for ourselves as a nation. Now, um, I think we've said there, shares and share registers are passing on the income and tax information to the IRD. Cool. Usually this is, is the dividend income, so it's not any gains or losses from selling your shares, as the IRD assume that you weren't buying and selling these to make a profit. If you were, you'll need to consider your tax obligations. Let's be real, everybody's buying shares with the intention of making a profit, aren't they? They're hoping that they're going to go up in value. That's just human nature. But it's a little bit different to the intention of, right, I'm going to buy these this week and I'm going to sell them next week and hopefully I make a few grand. If that's the game you're playing, you're probably buying with an intention to make a profit and playing short term and you need to consider your tax obligations for that. Now most people buy shares hoping for a capital gain and we do not currently have a capital gains tax in New Zealand. Shares are usually a capital asset and any gains the seller gets on the share sale are non-taxable income. That's as long as the shares were held with the intention of a long-term investment. Here's a snippet from my My IR account. You'll need to check the blog or the email to check this out. But you can see in mind that December, January, 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 um, shares are passing on to the IRD amounts that I've received. $11.55, $5.29, $24.98. So all of those dividends that I've got throughout the year into my shares account that just come up and I can basically, they're in my wallet and I can withdraw them or I can reinvest them. Those are dividends that I'm receiving net of tax, so it's got the tax portion as well that they've kept and paid to the IRD on my behalf. Now, um, then I've brought other shares or I've withdrawn that money. They're, they're telling the IRD throughout the year when I'm actually receiving that money. So you can see they're keeping the IRD in the loop each month for any dividends I've been paid direct to my shares account. However, there are plenty of different things you can invest in very easily these days. New Zealand International Share Funds, um, ETFs, to name a few. You need to be aware that the US, Aussie and New Zealand shares can all be treated differently. So whichever platform you invest through, you need to be sure to keep an eye out for what advice they provide you with. I'd imagine that Hatch, Sharesies, whoever you use these platforms, they'll be advising people that use their platforms towards the end of the year or the financial year of 31 March 
or shortly after what you need to be thinking about and what obligations you may have. So keep an eye out for what your provider explains to you that you need to be thinking about. Now often, the share investing platforms will send you a tax pack at the end of the year and it will show you what income you've received from the shares that you own. You'll want to ensure that all of this info is in your tax return where it needs to be. Well, how are you going to know where it needs to be? Well, hopefully you can just check your tax pack back to your MyIR, log into your tax return and figure out is that income in there or not. And hopefully it is, especially from the likes of Sharesies, which you can see that it clearly is in there. If you were log in, if you were to log into your MyIR or your back end of your MyIR, your IRD, log in and, and have a look at what income is sitting there. Now note, if you hold overseas shares, excluding Aussie shares, so basically US shares, there's a lot of people that buy uh, a lot of US stocks. Now if those cost you over $50,000, that's in New Zealand dollars in total, you'll need to be mindful of the specific set of tax rules for these investments. These are the foreign investment fund rules and it would be worth having a Google. It is best to check with an accountant with this sort of stuff. I didn't want to get too deep into this because I don't know how many people reading or listening out there would have over $50,000 worth of US stocks and non-New Zealand and Australian based funds uh, but there will be somebody and if that is you you need to get some proper advice from an accountant because there are a very specific set of rules for people who have shares that exceed $50,000 of New Zealand dollar currency uh, when you're buying those international stocks so um, you may want to consider that before you go down that path and buy a stack of those to understand what your obligations are or if you're already in that boat, you may want to run it past somebody who can give you some advice in that space. Now, in terms of general tax returns, after the end of each tax year, the IRD will usually do one of the next few things. One, automatically issue an income tax assessment telling you if you have a refund or tax to pay. Now, that's probably going to happen if you are a PAYE taxpayer and you've had a salary, you've had some dividends from sharesies, and you've had a bit of interest from the bank. If the IRD have got all of that information, they're working out, have you paid enough tax? Hopefully you have, and they will, um, they'll will let you know whether you've got a refund or whether you've got any tax to pay. Now, secondly, they might request for you to provide or confirm information about your income. So they might be a little bit of an unsure and think, well, maybe there's some other income that these people need to tell us about. Maybe last year you had some rental income, or you had a bit of side hustle income, or you had a bit of self-employed income, or a shareholder salary, or some form of income that's triggering the IRD system to think, well, we better ask you again this year whether you've got any of that income. So they might request you to provide any of that. Now, thirdly, they might send you a message to complete your individual income tax return. There'll be someone like myself who they will say, well, you're in business and each year you have to file your own tax return to let us know how much profit your business made and um, how much you've been paid and what other investments you've got going on. And I need to file what's called an IR3. So it's a tax return for an individual and I'll need to do that, so I'll get a message to say that I need to do that. But obviously being an accountant, I will know that I need to do that. But you'll probably fall into one of those three baskets, and probably into that top one, where they'll automatically issue an income tax assessment to you, telling you what the story is, whether you need to pay tax, or whether you have a refund there. Now the IRD work out if you've paid the right amount of tax each year by using the information they hold about your income, and the tax you've paid. Because throughout the year, your employer and shares, as we've just discussed, those two, for instance, they're passing that information on. So every month or every couple of weeks, the IRD are getting that information about you, and their system is sort of calculating as they go, is this person paying enough tax? That's what they're looking at, and they're trying to uh, make sure that you don't end up with a big bill to pay because the risk is actually on them that you're not actually going to be able to afford to pay it. So they want to get it as they go. 
So they're going to be working that out. But as above, if you receive an automatically issued income tax assessment, that's a mouthful, isn't it? An automatically issued income tax assessment. You'd still be wise to check it out and make sure that everything that is on that assessment is as per your expectation and tell the IRD about anything that is missing. For instance, I don't know if any hatched dividends, I don't know if those flow through directly to the IRD. I haven't seen any, uh, but I'm sure they'll provide some advice around the end of the financial year. You might even have some income not showing or expenses that you can claim, like income protection insurance. Some people have income protection insurance, and that can often be claimable as an expense. And say you've got an $80,000 income, but your income protection insurance costs you $1,500. Your net income or your total income is actually $78,500 because it's the $80,000 minus the $1,500. And you should only be paying pa- paying tax on your $78,500, not the whole $80,000. So maybe that's something you need to look into as well. That's sort of one of the only expenses that is claimable. Uh, you might pay an accountant to do your tax return for you. That could be an expense as well. So uh, maybe think about those things. Obviously, this is very ordinary or general advice for people that are not necessarily in business. But if you're in business, hopefully your accountant is explaining some of these things to you. Right, let's have a look at a quick summary. Like I said at the start, the above is all a very general information and not specific to your circumstances or your intentions. And I don't know what those are. So you'll need to dig a little deeper if you've been investing throughout the year to make sure of your obligations for your specific investment types especially if you've been buying and selling crypto, they've got their own unique set of investment and tax rules, so be careful of those. Now remember too that the IRD have very broad information gathering powers. This enables them to look further into your share trading history and records should they wish to. They can even ask investing platforms for details of all of your trades. I can just about guarantee that if crypto explodes again, then they will request data, the idea will request data from the likes of Easy Crypto or whoever it is that you're buying um, crypto through internationally and they'll want to know what your trades have been. They'll want to get a feeling for your um, your purchases and your sales and then they'll want to know has any of that information gone into your tax return. So if that has been you in this financial year, you need to think about that because the IRD can and they will go and get information about a huge number of customers, i.e. taxpayers, and they'll analyse it and figure out, do we need to go and shoulder tap or send any of these people an email because we haven't seen any of this stuff in their tax return. Now a reminder that I'm 18 days into my 30 and 30 audio lessons this month. Thanks for all of your feedback so far, and welcome if you've just found Keep the Change. There's been some new listeners getting in touch and following on Instagram and things like that. Uh, That's really cool to see. It's been interesting, there's been quite a few people that have just been consuming the Instagram content and that's okay but you're kind of going to miss the context of what often the the lessons are about or why we're talking about these things. So the content on Instagram usually flows through and follows the things that we're currently talking about and then has a spice of just some extra things that I come across or things that I'm thinking about at the time. So don't just, um, yeah, don't just follow the Instagram and I probably shouldn't be telling you this should I because you're listening to the podcast but if you're new to this then follow along with the lessons and then the Instagram content as well and see what you can learn and of course not everything's going to be for you but don't dismiss it just figure out how you can make some of these things work for you. Now have a nice weekend you are one of 5,372 recipients is there someone you could forward this to? Did you know 
that this is the first year New Zealand has had a 39% tax bracket, so that's income above $180,000. So that was introduced from the 1st of April 2021 through to 31 March 2022 is the first financial year where people getting paid over uh, over $180,000 will need to pay a 39% tax bracket. Now, they undercooked how many people would need to pay this 39% and got it wrong. So it's about 119,000 people that are actually in that 39% tax bracket that earn over $180,000 in New Zealand. I've got a podcast coming out on the top tax bracket in the 30 for 30, or 30 in 30. You might want to check that out, and I'll give you a bit of an insight and um, some thinking around the old top tax bracket. But around 44,000 more people are in that tax bracket than they expected to be in it. And how do they know that? Well, like I said to you before, the idea of collecting this information from employers every couple of weeks and as they've done that throughout this financial year, they've realised, oh, there's a shitload more people paying 39% tax for income above 180000 than we had originally anticipated. And of course, that means that they're going to collect more tax than they had expected to as well. A reminder that Keep the Change Night School is free. And if you want to go and access that, you can find the link in the bottom of one of the emails that gets sent out or on the blog. And you can sign up to that and you can work through the lessons in there. Some people have been doing that. It's great to see. Uh, forward this or put something on your story or tell someone about Keep the Change, it would mean a lot to me. The subscriptions to the newsletter have really dried up, but I think the uh, downloads of the podcast have really changed, especially through doing the 30 and 30. There's been about 350 downloads a day on these podcasts, which is pretty cool to see. And remember that I'm not a financial advisor and I'm a chartered accountant, so it's fairly different. And a lot of these lessons are just from things during my life. If you want to discuss a mortgage, for instance, I recommend speaking to Mikey Smith from Low Market, who's a client of ours at Next Advisory. KiwiSaver stuff, get in touch with Adam, Compound Wealth, adam at compoundwealth.co.nz. Now, uh, he's not a client of ours, but he's a very good lad and someone I trust and turn to for advice. If you want to support in some way, I'd love to know a topic that you'd like to learn about or um, some feedback that you may have and that would mean a lot to me as well, or just put something on your story and ensure that more people are learning about their finances because we want to, what's the saying? I heard this today, uh, this week from a friend. They said, a rising tide lifts all the ships in the harbour, something like that, right? So we want to try and encourage other people, not just ourselves, to learn about this stuff. And then we can all be better together and have a better economy and better life for a number of people, and we'll be able to help a number of different people as well. Enjoy your weekend out there. Be safe. Keep dodging the big O. Well, dodge one big O, but get amongst a few of the others. And be good, and we'll see you next Friday. Speaking of big O's, ladies, oh, I got told off. You're not supposed to say the word ladies. Apparently, it's not very empowering. So the women out there, if you're searching for a big O, girlsgetoff.co.nz.